If you have your Bibles this evening, just for a few moments, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number 27. Matthew chapter number 27. In just a moment, I want to begin reading in verse number 32, this particular portion of Scripture. We find the pages of the Word of God. We understand and we realize as we are dealing with this subject of grief, as we began in Isaiah chapter number 53 this morning, we dealt with the foundation of grief. It's a wonderful thing to understand and to know that as a child of God, every answer that we need can be found in the pages of the Word of God. As a student as the Word of God, as someone that is trying to train and trying to prepare, every child of God should consider theirself a student of the Bible. We realize that the greatest teacher is repetition. It is not a man. It is not a preacher, but it is the repetition. The greatest danger in your Bible study is to try and hurry through the word of God. As we begin to deal with this series or this subject of grief, we begin in Isaiah when Isaiah began to talk about the Messiah that would come and those that would have faith and those that would see the power, the arm of the Lord revealed unto them. It is those that would suffer. It is those that would grieve in this body and upon this earth. We mentioned these seasons, these periods, these phases of grief. Whatever the reason for your grief, and there's many reasons for grief, we associate it with death, but that is not the only reason. There are separations, there are tragedies, there are certain events in your life that can cause grief, even to the child of God. We spoke of the anger that will happen in this grief. We dealt with the phases, the seven major areas. There's the bargaining of your grief. You will do everything you can to bargain your way out of this grief. And then not only is there the bargaining, but there's the denial in your grief. God, did I really lose this job that I've had for all these years? God, this marriage that... I prayed about it and I, I thought this was the husband. This was the one that you had for me. I, I thought this was your will. You will deny in your grief. Not only is there denial just review, but there must come a day of acceptance. I know Christians that love God. They, they have, God has a plan for them. They, they have the gifts that God has given to them. I know young people, sadly, there's things that happen in their life because of their parents or because of tragedy when they were little children and these things happen, but they never accepted the reality of their grief. And they have never passed that area of their life. I know pastors and preachers that God has called them, God wanted to use them and that they had God's touch and anointing in their life, but then all of a sudden, grief, tragedy, loss of ministry, they've never got over it. You can hear the bitterness in their hearts and their minds. You can see in their life that they've never accepted the fact that God allowed this grief there's a denial, there's an acceptance. And then number five, I spoke of the anxiety that can lead to the depression if not dealt with in your grief. Pastor, I've been condemned, criticized, well, for many things, but I've been criticized for this thought of anxiety in the life of the child of God. The people that are criticizing me are just ignorant. They really don't know. 
I feel sorry for them because they've never read. Maybe they can't read. I don't know, but I just... They don't understand that, yes, we, we know this. We, we should never worry, as a, though we do. We should never worry as a Christian. We, we care for nothing because Paul said we don't have to do that as a child of God, but that is not the only anxiety. There's the physical anxiety. And we will find tonight on this focus of grief that Jesus himself suffered from the physical anxiety because God put him in the place of grief. Jesus never sinned. Jesus never failed. We found out this morning, not even a vile word came through the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet he had anxiety. What does that mean? That means that all anxiety is not a sin. That means this, that you are not lesser of a Christian because you suffer from anxiety. When when we was going out of the hospital at Pittsburgh and they asked me if I wanted to talk to the priest and I said, no, I'm good. And then I got to thinking, well, maybe I should. He needs Jesus. But anyhow, and then they they turned back around and they they, they handed me a bottle. They said, do you want any sleeping pills? I said, no, I, I think I'm all right. And then I got to thinking about this. My mom loves them things. I said, no, give me, the, give me them pills. I, I, I don't want them, but I know who will. And this is on Facebook, isn't it? But anyhow, I give them to my mom, and she took every one of them, every one of them. Man, I'm from Beckley. I could have sold them things. I could have bought another motorcycle, but I, I give them to my mom. Why? There are people in this building. <laughs> Fundamentalists are going to get me again, but that's Okay. There are people in this building. It's a physical condition. I get get these migraines. They irritate me. But I take medicine because it's a physical condition. Why would somebody suffering from anxiety be told, just trust God and act like they're lesser of a Christian because they have to take a pill for their condition? There's no difference in my wife having cancer. The doctor trying to get some kind of medicine, some type of treatment. If you're in grief, you will suffer from anxiety in your life. Not only is there the anxiety that will lead to depression if you do not deal with it, there's the shock of this grief. Number seven, we dealt with the guilt of this grief. In Matthew chapter number 27, Jesus had already stood before Pilate, Barnabas, Barabbas had already been released. Now Jesus is sentenced to die. But what they do not understand, the soldiers, the leaders, the Pharisees, this is all the plan of God. That they are just puppets dangling off the hand of God. This is in the sovereign plan of a holy God. They have sentenced him to Calvary. They have released others that were thieves and heathens. And now Jesus is preparing to fulfill the plan of a holy God. Can I say this in verse number 32, Matthew chapter number 27? The Bible says, and as they came out, they found a man of serene Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. Number one, let me say this in the exposition. Look at the fulfilled truth. Verse 35. And they crucified him. 
All of a sudden, Jesus, he had been whipped with the cat of nine tails. He had been beat with the palms of their hands. And now he is fulfilling the mind and the plan and the purpose of God. What's the Bible? This is a fulfilled truth. And they crucified him. What did they do? They parted his garments, casting lots. Why? That it might be fulfilled before they ever existed, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them and upon my vesture. Did they cast lots? It was already in the sovereign will of God. It was already a fulfilled prophecy. It was already given to be done that Jesus would be crucified, that Jesus would go up on a cross. I began to think of this in my grief. I met my Rachel when I was four years old. She was five years old. We grew up together. We went to school together. We trained together in the ministry. We were married. God had all of this planned in his sovereign will. And me and Rachel became married for 28 years. We had an amazing marriage. I've had, and understand this and thank God for it. I've had people come up to me and say, we've been married for 50 years. We've been married for 60 years. And every time I hear that, it bothers me. God, why just 28 years? God, why is it? that I got such a short time with someone so amazing. But do you understand? Before God, he's so sovereign, he's so big, he's so large. Before God ever said, let there be light and there was light. Before God ever created the heavens and the earth, I believe God is so big and so mighty that God already knew before I ever said I do on that day in 1994, before we were ever married, I believe God already knew that there would only be 28 years in his sovereign plan. God already understood. I don't have all the answers to this. I never will. But I have one answer. I was talking to God. I, I was asking God. I, I was begging God. God, you're going to have to tell me something. God, I'm going crazy here. God, God, I'm a Christian. I mean, I mean, we're Baptists. We're not allowed to drink. We're not allowed to gamble. God, I, I have nothing. God, I need something. Either you're going to have to let me go drink or do drugs or you're going to have to give me an answer. So thank God he gave me an answer. <laughs> God, why? And he told me through the pages of the word of God. She run a race. She finished well. She served me. God already knew before Rachel was ever born in Princeton, West Virginia. On 1974, May 28th, that she would die on November 15th of 2022. God already knew. Man, I don't have all the answers for your grief and you don't have all the answers and nobody, sir, nobody has all the answers. Some people think they do. Somebody, nobody has all the answers, but I know this. God already knew. In his sovereignty, God already had a plan and he had a purpose. Number one, we see this fulfilled truth. But number two, look at the fearless taunting Verse number 36, and sitting down, notice this. They watched him there. That's an amazing word. We use it incorrectly these days, but it literally means this. They're guarding him. They're, guard, they're guards sitting there. Just watching him. Watching him bleed. Watching him die. Watching him suffer. Can I make this statement? There are people that are watching you. <laughs> 
and your grief. I live in an amazing neighborhood. I really do. I'm surrounded by Bible college professors. That is not what makes it amazing. They're not very good neighbors. But anyhow, but across from me, with Stephen's two ladies, they, they consider themselves married in West Virginia law. They, and we understand this biblically in the mind of God. They're not. They're two women, and they're amazing neighbors. Say, why do you think they're better neighbors than the Bible college professors? Well, because they've mowed my yard, they've raked my leaves. They paid my power bill one time. I don't know why. They paid my, they're amazing neighbors. 17 years now, I've tried to witness to them. I've tried to, they know I'm a preacher. Lisa, she'll, th- she'll say things like this. And I'll, I'll try just to say things about the Lord and just plant little seeds. And I live with her. I don't want to make her mad. But any, And plus, she's mowing my yard. But anyhow, don't want to offend her. <laughs> She'll say, say things like this. Well, well Dale, I, I, don't, I, don't, I hate religion. And I'll say, wonderful, I hate religion too. Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> when Rachel got sick first time, they, they love, everybody loved Rachel. They, I had to go tell Lisa, Missy, Rachel has cancer. I told Lisa, I said, Lisa, but I'm trusting God. I'm believing God to heal her. I, I just know that God is able. A few weeks later, the first time Rachel got cancer, I was able to walk to that same driveway and say, Lisa, God healed Rachel. God, she, she said, do you really believe that your God healed that cancer? I said, Lisa, there's no doubt about it. God healed Rachel of all her cancer. That's the first time in 17 years I've seen a tear in Lisa's eyes. Lisa. God is able. Just a few months later, I had to go to the same driveway to my same friend and say, Lisa, Rachel's in heaven. God didn't heal her this time. Lisa and Missy has watched me for 17 years. For the last 13 months, They're watching me more. It was easy to say how good God was when God healed the cancer. It was easy to say God's got a blessing through all of these years. But now, they're wanting to see how real my God is. Watched him. There's children watching you, sir. Ma'am. There's people that are watching you. I'm for telling people about Jesus, but you can tell them all you want to. But if they watch you and you're suffering and you're not faithful to God, it doesn't matter what you say about your God. It was when he was suffering, the very people that put him there were watching him. Look at the Bible, this fearless taunting, verse 37. They said, you can quote these scriptures up over his head, an accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Notice this fearless taunting. They did not see him as God. They did not fear him as God. They began to taunt him in verse 39. And they, they that passed by reviled him, 
wagging, literally blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroyest the temple, and they're taunting him, and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If it, thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him. With who? The scribes and the elders. Look what they said. He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, not the Jews, if he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. But these also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. They were mocking blaspheming and taunting God's only son. Look at number three, the forsaken torture in verse 45. From the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. You understand the Jewish timetable, the clock of Israel. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, Why? Hast thou forsaken me? In his godliness, he knew the answer. But in his humanity, he felt forsaken by his God. Can I make this statement? As a Christian, I love my Bible. I really do. I, I don't argue over, over the cover of the Bible. I argue over the doctrines of the Bible now. I know what the Bible says. So as a Christian, I know the answer. But as a husband, God, why? As a preacher, <laughs> I know the answer. But as a human, God, why? In my darkest time, God, it seems like you forsook me. God, I understand you. You'll never leave me, but God, I don't know where you're at. And I know you're suffering. Sir, I know you have questions. But don't judge yourself too harshly because even Jesus himself felt forsaken by his father. There was a forsaken torture Watch the word of God. Notice the next verses. They're discovering this forsaken torture. Verse 47, some of them that stood there, when they heard that, they said, this, this man calleth for Elijah. Straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be. Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. They were watching as Jesus felt forsaken. But here's the message. Number four, look at this fantastic triumph. The fantastic triumph. Verse 50, then Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, who understand the parallel passage of the scripture, he simply cried, it is finished, the sacrifice, Calvary, it was done, it was over, it is finished. He yielded up the ghost. Look at this fantastic triumph and behold, that's an amazing word. Notice the language of the Bible. The, the gospel, he, he just told us the greatest event in the history of Christianity. He had just told us about Calvary, but he didn't say, behold. 
He just told us about what happened at Calvary. He just told us many of the things in detail, what had taken place at Calvary. But he didn't say, behold. All of a sudden, now Matthew said, all right, now pay attention. Now, let's stop for a minute and behold something. Matthew, what is it that's more important than Calvary? What is it that's more important than the event that we have just studied through the expounding of the scriptures? Why should we behold now? Here it is. And behold, all of a sudden, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Do you know what happened in that moment? The soldiers didn't see it. I don't believe the Mother Mary saw it. I don't believe anybody at that day saw it. I don't think anybody that was at the hill of Calvary saw it, but somewhere in the background, after Jesus suffered, after Jesus bled, after Jesus died, God was doing something in the foreshadows of humanity that they didn't see at Calvary, and now because he was willing to suffer. I don't have to go to a man. I don't have to go to a priest. I can come boldly to the throne of God. It was all because Jesus was willing to suffer and to die for the sins of the world. You know what I believe? Somewhere in the foreshadows of my life, I can't see it. God's doing something. You know what I believe in your life? I don't know your story. I don't know why you're suffering. I don't know what you've been through, ma'am. But I know there's a God in heaven that's sovereign and he has a plan. And I believe he's doing somewhere, something in the background. I believe he's tearing things open. I believe he's opening some doors. I believe he's making some rooms available unto you. And it's all because you're suffering and you're real. Hadley, I want you to help us out. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. If I could, it wouldn't be God. Something's different in my life. Rachel, when she was loud everywhere, she'd get in trouble. She's loud everywhere. Not often, but we'd go to some of these real sophisticated high churches, and I'm not against them. They're against me, but, but every now and then we get in. These things, Rachel just come in wide open and talking to everybody and that big blonde hair and not dressed the way they thought she'd be dressed and she really could care less. But anyhow, she was loud, just loud. But when I preached, she was quiet. She'd always sit on that side. I mean, I'd be in the podium. She'd always sit on that side where you're preaching his wife sitting in an auditorium. And I could hear almost in a whisper, God touch you. God use him. God bless him. I just believe every time I get up to preach, somewhere around the throne of God, my Rachel saying, God bless him. God use him. God touch him. I'm not going to take time tonight. Not that I'm in a hurry to get back to West Virginia. It's like 12 degrees. <laughs> But I could take the rest of this night and honestly tell you in 13 months, God blessed me for all these years of preaching, but in 13 months, God has opened more doors. I'd rather have Rachel back. I, God had a plan. 
in the last 13 months, God has done things for me that people only dream of. I don't understand all that. I'd much rather have Rachel back. This super hyper spiritual man came up to me a while back and said, oh, you wouldn't bring her back if you could. No, I know I'd bring her back in a minute. And somebody said, well, she wouldn't leave heaven. I wasn't this kind of husband, but I would make her come back. I mean, just day with the Lord's as a thousand years. God, give me a few more minutes. That's all I need, just 20, 30 more years. I'd bring her back if I could. But God has a plan. Ma'am, I'm telling you, you don't see it. God's opening some things. You know what God did? He tore it. The temple veil. Maybe God's tearing some things out of your life. Maybe God's tearing some people out of your life. That's stopping you from doing what you should do for God. I've never said this. I shouldn't say it publicly, but I could care less. I've been in a bad mood for two years. Madly had a boyfriend, and he dumped her right after Rachel died. Pray for me. I still want to kill him. I mean, I want to kill him. I, 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 so you ought not feel that way. I know. Y'all pray for me. I'm, I'm bitter. Just bitter. Good Baptist. I'm bitter. Angry. I'm not saying anything against him. But I am saying this. Sometimes in your suffering, God will tear some people out of your life. That will stop you from going where God wants you to go. Maybe there's some rooms you've never been to in life. It's going to take some suffering to get there. Somewhere in the background, God's opening the door. I wish God could do it a different way, but he chooses to you suffering. I don't understand it all, but I do know this. They didn't see that at Calvary. They had no idea that the temple veil, at least at Calvary, was being torn in twain. Somewhere in the background, God was doing a great work. Ma'am, I'm not here to tell you it's going to make your suffering better, but I'm here to tell you God will do more in your suffering than he'll ever do on your mountain. Young person, you will suffer. God don't do it because he hates you. Matter of fact, I think sometimes God does it because he does love us. Say, what about my children? Well, we don't see what God's doing in this. What about my marriage? Well, we don't see what God's doing in this. What about my job? You, you have no idea where God's going to put you. <laughs> sure don't know a lot, but I do know this. Because Jesus was willing to suffer, I can go to the throne room of grace anytime. 
Let's all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't know how God wants to speak to you in this invitation time, but I do know this. God sure helped me with this. I can't see all he's doing yet, and I don't know if I ever will, but I know God's doing something in my life. I know that. I know that. So, ma'am, I can't tell you what's going to happen, <laughs> but I know this is no accident. Sir, God's going to do some great things in your life, but you're going to have to suffer to get to that place. I want to pray. Adley's going to sing. Young person, I know you're discouraged. I know you're wondering. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, you don't see what God is really doing. He loves you. He don't want just some life for you. He wants the best life for you. He's tearing some things in your life up. He's opening some rooms that you could never go through unless you suffer. Sadly's going to sing after I pray. Can we do it this way? Maybe you want to come to an altar. You can't kneel down. You can sit in these front chairs, but maybe just at your seat. And we just say, Lord, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. That day at Calvary, God did some things that they didn't see because he suffered. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the Bible. Lord, it's amazing. It really is. It's... God, I, I want to thank you for the progression of the Bible. Thank you for the inspiration, context. But Lord, thank you for taking us to Calvary and then to that place in the back nobody would see. Lord, I pray for every mother and father that are discouraged. I pray for every husband, every wife. God, I pray for every young person tonight that's wondering. God, I'm wondering. So Lord, help us to believe. Trust you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Adler, you see, you see. There'll be hilltops I'll have to climb And rivers I'll have to cross There'll be trials That I won't understand But there will always be Every time. grace sufficient for me until, until he comes again. Until
Thank you for the things that we cannot see that you're doing in our life. You're an amazing God. But forgive us for our faithlessness, our trusting, our believing. Lord, help us now to put a firm grip on this fault of your working, your moving, your tearing. You're opening things. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this wonderful church. God, what you're doing in this place. Continue to move. God, do things they never thought possible. Thank you for what you will do. Jesus, the matter sing at last was passing you come. There'll be times I'll feel like I'm all alone. And there I'm gonna cry and I wonder if I'll ever smile again. Oh, but I refuse to ever turn around. No, you've done business with the Lord this evening, and we've heard three Bible messages, two uh, this morning of the same, if you were, no matter what service you were in, and then of course this evening, all dealing with grief, and we all have, maybe not all of us have been in grief like Brother Dale has, but we've either been touched by it or um, we know someone that's been touched by that. But I know this, um, 
A Bible message has ways of touching us, even if you've never had the death of a spouse or uh, God forbid that ever happened to any of it, just part of, of life and part of things that happen and the way God, His His sovereign mind and all that, we can never understand it. But the Bible message that Brother Dale preached this morning and this evening has ways of touching us even if we've never went through what he's went through. I've been encouraged greatly today. I've been encouraged uh, by the Lord because he's always there for us, isn't he? His presence is an ever-present help. And I'm thankful that uh, the messages today has encouraged me greatly. How many of you have been helped today by the Lord through something that's been said through God's Word? I, I so thank the Vance uh, family for coming and ministering to us all day today. Uh, it's a great way to start the new year, isn't it? We're only two Sundays in, and uh, we're encouraged in the Lord for what He has done for us I'm thankful, too, when we preach those passages about the cross. Doesn't it just take you? I mean, he preached out of Isaiah 53 this morning and then Matthew 27. And just get your mind on Jesus, amen, and what he did for us in our place. And he loved us, doesn't he? And I'm thankful for that. We're going to be dismissed. I appreciate you being here. I know our teens are typically down at the other building, and they're uh, up here tonight. I appreciate all the workers. Uh, They had a big teen event this weekend, and and, uh, some of the teens were able to attend that. And uh, they've. uh, It's it's nice to see them all in one section. That's kind of neat. I don't know if these are the ones that got in trouble this weekend or not, but uh, anyway, uh, and workers too, right? Uh, no, but uh, some of them uh, are, are there over here and, of course, um, uh, heard good things about it. I'm very thankful for those that dedicated the weekend for that. Also, those that uh, helped uh, some of the maintenance folks and some of those that uh, jumped out there yesterday uh, and helped out some other people in their yards and did some neighborly work and uh, loved on people outside these walls. And I'm thankful uh, that you jumped out there and, and helped, and uh, what a blessing that is. And I, I saw some pictures, and I, I praise the Lord for that. There's a lot of folks that did it, so I won't uh, call names or anything like that. Uh, the Vances are going to be in the lobby, and uh, Adelie's got some uh, CDs uh, out there, of course. Uh, so make sure you go out there and and uh, buy one of those CDs or get however they got. Uh, maybe have several, and uh, you can buy some of those. Be a blessing to her. And, of course, uh, as Brother Dale said, they're going to try to maybe go back this evening. And so pray for them, if you would, and then they'll be starting ministry meetings all over this, this year. And so uh, would it be okay if we had him back in the future? Would that be all right? And uh, good, good. I leaned over to Brother Zach during the, uh, during the, the message, uh, at, at, of course, the tail end of it, and I said, Brother Zach, he's a preacher, ain't he? And uh, my goodness, listen, you know preaching when you hear it, right? You know good preaching. And man, anybody can get up and tell a story, anybody can get up and tell a few good jokes. But when somebody opens up God's Word and preaches, that's where people get help. Amen. And so we're thankful on a Sunday evening uh, that uh, we got some help this evening, and we're looking forward to what God has in store. Join us Wednesday night at 7 o'clock right here. And then uh, also on Sunday, next Sunday, we'll have our Vision Sunday, which is usually about the second or third week of each year uh, in the first of the year in January. 
And so we'll be kind of throwing some vision uh, ideas and, and uh, goals and different things that we have for this, this year, 2024, and uh, what God's already working and doing. And so we're excited about it, and I hope you get excited about it. Be praying for that. Invite some folks. Uh, that would be a blessing uh, as well. And I believe this Wednesday, uh, speaking of, of grief, um, uh, Brother Akenya uh, will be starting that class, him and Nicole, on this Wednesday night at 4.30, Wednesday evening. Is that right? 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock right here at the Bridge Campus. And so if you, if you again, take what these messages, and if you know someone that's walking through that valley right now, or if it's you yourself, or maybe it's something you've never dealt with and it's been years ago, uh, you can always go and we'll try to help you. Uh, here at, at the, and then of course, if you'd like, you'd stay over and attend one of the Bible classes at seven o'clock, and that would be a huge blessing there. We're going to be dismissed uh, in a word of prayer. Zach, do you have anything, or do I just need to pray? Good. All right, let's pray together. Thank you for being here, and be safe as you pull out. And we're looking forward to that. Dear Heavenly Father. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to this live stream of Bible Baptist Church. We sure hope you enjoyed the music and the message in the live stream today. If while you were watching, God spoke to your heart and you felt the need for prayer or you want to make a response to today's message, we want to encourage you to reach out to our team today at info at bbcsimpsonville.com. If you'll do that, one of our team members would love to reach out to you and connect with you and help you as you respond to today's message. If you live right here in the Simpsonville area, we want to invite you to join us for one of our upcoming services here at Bible Baptist Church. You can find all of our information on our website at bbcsimpsonville.com. If you don't live in our local area, we hope you'll make plans to tune in to our next scheduled live stream. And until then, we hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in.